0: Former Chinese leader Jiang Zeming is dead. How did the man use America to lay the stepping stones for Beijing's global ambitions? And how much blood is on his hands? (inaudible) Demonstrators in the U.S. and Canada showing support for protesters in China. That's as those demonstrations escalate, with riot police now deployed to quell the gatherings. To calm the crowds, authorities say they'll ease COVID-19 restrictions slightly. South Dakota taking action against TikTok, its state employees banned from using government devices to access the short video platform, and a response from the Pentagon over Beijing's nuclear ambition. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Former Chinese Communist Party head Jiang Zemin has died of leukemia. What does his passing mean for China's politics? A man who rose to power riding on the aftermath of the Tiananmen Square Massacre. How did Jiang help the regime push its global ambitions? NTD's Juliet Song has the details.
1: China's former leader Jiang Zemin died on Wednesday. He was 96 years old. A leader with blood on his hands. Jiang's prominence is tied to two of the biggest human rights abuses in China's recent history the Tiananmen Square Massacre, and the persecution campaign against the country's largest spiritual group, Falun Gong. Jiang's reign also proved critical to Beijing's global ambitions.
2: Jiang's rule laid a foundation for the Chinese Communist Party. It allowed the regime to grow to a point to be able to compete with the U.S.
1: Hong He is a China affairs analyst. A close China watcher for the past decade, he hosts a show that tracks the inner workings of Beijing's communist leadership. He noted Jiang's reign represented a key stage in the regime's goal, to replace the U.S. as top world superpower. He said even though Beijing still saw the U.S. as its enemy, it was not economically strong enough to compete.
2: And Zhang's goal was covering up Beijing's true ambitions and then using Washington's help to develop China and strengthen Beijing's political power.
1: He said Zhang's term marked the honeymoon stage of U.S.-China relations.
2: So people mistakenly thought that the Chinese Communist Party didn't have any ill intentions, that it was just learning from the West.
1: On the other hand,
2: the U.S. also had a need. The big money on Wall Street needed access to China's market, so both sides clicked.
1: Jiang showed up ties with the U.S., visiting the country several times. America also helped China enter the World Trade Organization, which paved the way for the country's rise to a global superpower. Two decades after joining the World Trade Organization, China's GDP grew eight times, becoming the world's second largest economy foreign capital poured into China, and Western markets opened their doors to Chinese goods, making China the world's largest goods exporter. Ho noted, understanding Jiang also clears up a misconception about Beijing's human rights abuses.
2: The rights abuse didn't come out of the blue under Xi Jinping's reign. It stretches all the way back to Jiang Zemin's persecution against Falun Gong.
1: Falun Gong is a spiritual meditation practice based on the principles of truthfulness, compassion and tolerance. Its popularity exploded in China in the 90s, to the point that about one in every 13 Chinese citizens were practicing it. But in 1999, Jiang Zemin launched a nationwide persecution campaign against the practice. Millions of practitioners were thrown into jail and tortured. At least 4,000 have been killed. An unclear number had their organs harvested by force. Jiang is also tied to China's Tiananmen Square massacre.
2: He was able to become China's leader exactly because of the massacre. That's a reward for what he did during the crackdown. In
1: 1989, student protests erupted across China. And while China's rulers were divided on how to respond, Jiang already started clamping down on local protests in Shanghai. Later, the regime sent in tanks and opened fire on unarmed student protesters asking for democracy. The event came to be known as the Tiananmen Square Massacre. Before the massacre, Jiang was Shanghai's party chief. He was about to retire from the position at the time. After it, China's thin leader handpicked him to rule the country. As for the impact of Jiang's passing on China's politics...
2: I think it doesn't really have much impact on China's political state.
1: Now, Chinese leader Xi Jinping seems to have been working to diminish Jiang's political influence before his death. Xi's administration arrested many of Jiang's followers through an anti-corruption campaign. Juliet Song, NTD News.
0: At the same time, demonstrations against the Chinese Communist Party and its lockdown measures continue. While the regime in China tries to stamp them out, many in North America are feeling the need to publicly show support. Entities Jeremy Sandberg has more on protests taking place in Canada and the U.S. After three years of
3: lockdowns in China, people have had enough. Locals and expats in Toronto, Canada protested Tuesday against the communist regime and its extreme COVID-19 policies. One protester suggested it could be the beginning of something bigger.
0: We do not only oppose to zero COVID policy, you know, also we oppose to you know the non-democracy regime. We want to change the regime to democracy.
3: Protests spread across China after Urumqi residents died in a high-rise apartment fire in Xinjiang province. Firefighters were unable to put the flames out because of COVID-19 blockades and locks around the compound. This demonstrator says he was moved by the bravery of protesters in mainland China. He pointed out the risks and horrible circumstances they face for coming out. They've
4: been captured, they've been tortured, they've been beaten and they've been treated. Tra-
3: uh treated inhuman so it is not to- it should not be tolerated the chinese communist party or ccp is already trying to crush the protests in china Chinese state media reported that officials have been told to resolutely crack down on illegal and criminal acts that disrupt social order. Security is being stepped up at possible protest sites, police are randomly searching some people's phones for forbidden apps, protest slogans and symbols are being censored on social media, and suspected protesters are even being visited at their homes by officials and warned against taking part in any illegal activities. In the United States, demonstrations of solidarity are popping up across the nation. Students at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts gathered on Tuesday to speak out. Many held up blank pieces of paper, which have become a symbolic expression for those in mainland China. Student gatherings also took place in Chicago, New York City and Philadelphia Tuesday. In Chicago, a group stood across the street from the Chinese consulate. This Chicago area protester is afraid to show her face even though she is outside China. She is a sophomore but would not give her name or which school she attends. She fears repercussions for speaking out. She says it's her duty to show support.
1: I think it's just incredibly brave for like every single Chinese like in, inside of China to be doing the protests. I think we should, like as Chinese citizens outside of China, we should follow up to them.
3: AND THAT ALTHOUGH SHE WANTS TO REMAIN POSITIVE AND TAKE THIS CHANCE TO SUPPORT THOSE IN CHINA, SHE'S PESSIMISTIC ABOUT HOW THE PROTESTS WILL TURN OUT.
1: PEOPLE GO ON THE STREET LIKE MILLIONS AND THEN THE CCP JUST DIDN'T LISTEN. BUT AT LEAST I THINK WE SHOULD DO WHATEVER WE CAN DO, LIKE BEFORE THE PROTESTS GET CRACKED DOWN, BEFORE OUR MOUTHS GET SHUT. WE AT LEAST HAVE TO DO SOMETHING TO SHOW THEM like, THAT CHINESE PEOPLE HAVE THE, they have, like, the COURAGE TO PROTEST. <laughs>
3: A candlelight vigil was held outside the Chinese consulate in New York Tuesday night.
4: I feel I have to come to here to,
0: because the Chinese people need freedom.
3: You know, I'm here to say that enough is enough um, to speak up for my people, um, as well as the Chinese citizens that can't speak up back home. Many in the crowd chanted slogans such as, we don't want dictatorships, we want elections, and "Step down Xi Jinping. Others held signs condemning the CCP and its zero-Covid policies. In Philadelphia, a similar scene played out.
5: Uh, all my friends in China, in Shanghai, in Beijing, in all those Chinese cities, in the universities, they are facing more dangerous to speak out, to
3: speak what they want, to show what they are. I think I feel more admire um, for them. The mood was somber as people paid their respects to those that died during the lockdowns and in the protests. There were moments of silence and singing. At other times during the night, they chanted slogans and shared laughter. Shows of solidarity are also taking place in other places around the world, like Tokyo, London and Paris. Jeremy Sandberg,
0: NTD News. Back over in China, protests have escalated in the city of Guangzhou. NTD's Jessica Beatty tells us more. (laughs)
4: Chinese authorities recently deployed riot police to quell protests in Guangzhou. That's according to online videos released Tuesday. They show large numbers of riot police in hazmat suits carrying shields. In Shanghai, video released Wednesday shows residents confronting COVID staff. These scenes of protests have become common across China over the past few days, as anger about strict COVID-19 rules appears to be boiling over. Chinese officials Tuesday said they'd respond to the public's concerns by being more flexible about the rules. Meanwhile, China's Foreign Ministry Tuesday pushed back against the UK's criticism of Beijing's handling of the protests. On Monday, British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak said instead of listening to the people's protests, the Chinese regime chose to crack down further, including by assaulting a BBC journalist. China's foreign ministry spokesman accused Britain of distorting the facts. But leaders of the free world seem to agree with Sunak. The head of the International Monetary Fund, Kristalina Georgieva, says China should drop its zero-COVID policy because of its impact on people and the economy.
0: It is tough on people. It is also negatively impacting the Chinese economy through spillovers to the world economy.
4: Georgieva suggested Beijing target restrictions instead of imposing massive lockdowns. That way, she said, China can contain the spread of the virus without significant economic costs. And the United Nations Monday said it supports Chinese demonstrators' right to protest.
0: We believe in the importance of people's right to, uh, um, uh, to peaceful assembly uh, and association, their right to demonstrate peacefully and urge the authorities to guarantee that right.
4: Since the protests started, security forces have detained an unknown number of people and stepped up surveillance. Although Chinese authorities have eased some controls, they show no sign of ending their larger zero-COVID strategy. Jessica Beatty, NTD News.
0: Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said on Tuesday that everyone in China should be allowed to protest. And in the U.S., White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said on Tuesday that we've been very clear people have a right to protest without fear. And on Monday, John F. Kirby, a spokesman for the National Security Council, said the president is not going to speak for protesters around the world as they are speaking for themselves. The U.S. Department of Defense has released its annual report on the power of China's military. The report says the Chinese Communist Party could have more than 1,500 nuclear warheads by 2035. NTD's Jason Perry has the story.
2: The report says China currently has 400 nuclear warheads and the Communist country will likely have 1,500 nukes by 2035. America currently has about 3,700 nuclear warheads, with about 1,700 currently deployed outside of the United States, according to the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute think tank. The U.S. Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, says the CCP wants to be the number one power in the world by 2049. He explained that there are lots of lessons learned from the war in Ukraine.
4: And one of the things people are learning is that war on paper is a whole lot different than real war, and when blood is spilled and people die and real tanks are being blown up, things are a little bit different. There's a lot of friction and fog and death in combat. And and for someone who has for a military that hasn't fought in combat since uh, fighting the Vietnamese in 1979, they would be playing uh, you know a very very dangerous game to cross the straits and invade the island of Taiwan.
2: The Pentagon's report can be found at defense.gov. Jason Perry,
0: NTD News. South Dakota state employees who watch videos on TikTok better do it on their off time. Governor Kristi Noem signed an executive order on Tuesday, banning state employees from using government devices to access the social media platform. It also applies to contract workers. Noem blamed TikTok's Chinese ownership for the decision, citing national security concerns. She said her state will, quote, have no part in intelligence gathering for China, a nation that hates America. Back in September, TikTok refused to promise senators the company would not send data on U.S. users to China.
6: Can you make the commitment, though, that I just asked you to make, that you will commit to cutting off all data and metadata flows to China?
5: What I can commit to is that our final agreement with the U.S. government will satisfy all national security concerns.
6: But you won't make a commitment to agree to what I have now twice.
5: I'm not able to talk specifically about that agreement. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm but not talking about happy CFIUS, to, I'm asking,
3: Will you make that commitment?
5: I'm committing to the, the, what I've stated, which is we are working with the United States government on a resolve through the okay. CFIUS process in which we will continue to minimize that data as well as working with Oracle to protect that data in the United States.
0: Though TikTok does not operate in China, it's owned by Chinese company ByteDance. All Chinese companies are required by law to cooperate with the communist regime when it asks them for data. South Korea scrambling its Air Force jets on Wednesday. The quick takeoff came as two Chinese and six Russian nuclear-capable bombers entered the nation's air defense identification zone unannounced. The zone makes up an area of airspace around South Korea's territory. The Air Force uses it to ID and monitor approaching aircraft to safeguard national security. According to South Korea's Joint Chiefs of Staff, the two Chinese planes crossed into the zone around 5.50 a.m. local time on Wednesday. They left about an hour later and returned with Russian bombers. Together, they flew over the zone in the Sea of Japan at around 12.20 p.m. local time. Russia's defense ministry confirmed its Tu-96 bombers, alongside Chinese H-6K bombers, flew around the Sea of Japan and the East China Sea during an eight-hour exercise. Both aircraft models are nuclear-capable. It's unclear if they were armed during the drill. Russia's ministry said both nations' aircraft acted in strict accordance with international law, adding there were no violations of the airspace of foreign states. The Chinese Communist Party hasn't publicly commented on the incident. Coming up, protests against COVID-19-related lockdowns erupting in China. Some even demanding the Chinese Communist Party step down. But how is big tech involved? NTD Evening News host Stephanie Cox spoke to Chris Chappell, host of China Uncensored, about his take. More on that after the break, here on China In Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Headlines are pouring out of China, from the death of a former Chinese Communist Party leader to protests sparking around the country. NTD Evening News host Stephanie a. Cox spoke to Chris
5: Chappell, host of China Uncensored, for more details. Chris Chappell, welcome to our show. Thanks so much for joining us. Great to be here. Now, Jiang Zemin, former CCP dictator and human rights abuser, has died. What could this mean for China and for the world?
6: Well, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. Uh, yeah, I've been seeing all kinds of really terrible takes on uh, Jiang Zemin. People are kind of referring to him as, oh, you know, a, a reformer of the good old days of China. Uh, but that's so wrong. I mean, he he committed crimes against humanity, uh, and like even China joining the World Trade Organization, that was a disaster for the world and particularly for America. I mean, Michigan auto workers having to compete with slave labor in Shenzhen really was not good for anyone.
5: We've seen protests inside China against the CCP's zero COVID measures, and they're growing. There's a chance that public memorials for the dictator could morph into even larger protests, as they did in Tiananmen Square in 1989. Do you think we could see a repeat of history here?
6: It's hard to say. Uh, I will say one of the big differences between these protests and Tiananmen was that in Tiananmen, they were really only calling for fairly modest political reforms. They weren't really targeting the Chinese Communist Party itself. They especially weren't calling for an end to the Chinese Communist Party. However, we've seen some protesters this past weekend specifically saying Xi Jinping needs to step down, the Communist Party needs to step down. That is a huge escalation from what happened in Tiananmen. While these were definitely very significant protests, you know, a weekend of protests does not a revolution make. Uh, that won't topple the Chinese Communist Party. There needs to be continued action uh, really, revolution is a complicated thing, even nonviolent revolution, which is, is what I hope will happen in China.
5: Apple, it's being accused of potentially aiding the CCP's crackdown on dissent by placing restrictions on their airdrop feature in China, which protesters have been using to share information. What do you make of that?
6: It's It just shows that they're putting profit above people, uh, especially ironic, you know, considering back in 1984, they're you know, their big ad campaign promising that, you know, Apple make sure 1984 isn't like 1984. And well, yeah, they're aiding authoritarian
5: regimes. It's worth noting Apple also faced similar allegations in 2019 during the Hong Kong protests when it removed an app that, right. Right, that helped protesters track police movements. Do, do you think there's a patent here that we should be concerned about at all?
6: I definitely think everyone should really start holding, uh, you know, with all these big tech companies and Wall Street and politicians, too, accountable for their actions. And what this really requires is the average American to just really understand clearly that the Chinese Communist Party is our enemy. Uh, They consider themselves to be the enemy of America in their own internal documents and speeches, they talk about being at war with the United States, needing to destroy the United States as a superpower, spreading international communism. And once the American people just kind of really understand that this is an enemy we're up against, everything falls into place. There wouldn't be debates over, oh, should we ban TikTok, which is owned by a Chinese company? No, it'd be like, of course, we ban the mouthpiece of the the Chinese Communist Party. We wouldn't want that.
5: And speaking of big tech, YouTube put an age restriction on China uncensored coverage of the recent protests. You've called this censorship, saying it essentially killed the viewership. Tell us about that.
6: This is unfortunately a, a pattern that YouTube has been doing. Uh, for example, back in you mentioned Hong Kong, we were we were there at the protests in twenty nineteen. Every single episode we were doing covering the protests was getting demonetized and age-restricted. Community guidelines say you can't show footage of protests riots. I mean, if this was 1989, YouTube would be censoring Tiananmen Square Massacre footage. We wouldn't be seeing Tank Man, YouTube would be
5: blurring that. That's a powerful point. So finally, you've advocated for Nuremberg-style trials for the crimes of communism. Tell us about that.
6: I think the big reason people have an understanding of what happened in World War II and with Nazi Germany is that there were these very public trials where sort of all of the crimes of the Nazi regime were laid out. That's never happened with any communist regime, really. And that's led to just so many people being kind of ignorant of what communism really is, which is you know in marx's own words basically dedicated to the forcible overthrow of all pre-existing social conditions and you know a lot of people think that oh yeah if we just you know overthrow pre-existing social conditions we'll we'll end up with a utopia that's what marx promised and instead of ending up with mad max
5: great way to illustrate the point thank you so much chris chapel host of china uncensored appreciate your time absolutely